What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. Right. Tonight, we're joined by a gentleman who dabbles in the photographic arts. Um, actually, he's a, he's a big-time photographer, in my opinion. Uh, we recently had him do some work for us for the Fly Dad brand that you guys might have heard about on this podcast. Um, did amazing work, taking some product pictures of, of our debut product for that. He's got his own photo studio, uh, taking, I mean, amazing flicks for a bunch of recognizable brands. You can check him out at Ireland. You got, you're going to have to tell me because I, I had it and I just forgot it. It's all good. It's IrelandStudios.com. Okay. That's where I was going. Damn. You so forgot that, bro? No. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm missing something. So it's IrelandStudios.com. Amazing fo- uh, photos in there. Please go check him out. Um, with us today is our buddy, Tim Ireland. So I didn't. I didn't really mention uh, a part of why you're here, um, other than the obvious that most people might know. You're a father, but um, you you've been on a crazy journey the last year and a little over a year now um, yep. with your your eldest, your five year old son. He's still five. Yep, yeah. he'll be uh, he'll be turning six this summer. Okay, um, so so I I think I want to start there, right? And so wait, wait, yeah, you guys, this is kind of randomly found this out after we started taking the the product shots, right? Yeah, we were oh, just chatting. Item. Okay, yeah, we were yep. just chatting. Yeah, yeah. So actually, let me tell you the genesis. So we're just having a casual conversation, talking about the different looks we want for the for the photographs, and I guess we were talking about fatherhoods. Um, this podcast and just bro dadding it up a little bit and then you know tim's tim mentioned like you know, i had a really rough you know year and i'm i'm kind of like you want to tell us more <laughs> and you know it, it felt like he was like not really too comfortable which after finding out i totally understand um but then he op- opened up and i honestly tim i don't know if you noticed but it almost brought me to tears like oh. I was, yeah, I was, and you, and the, like, I just felt this, the strength about you when we were having that conversation, like, like you were like, almost like, yeah, it's been rough, but you know, we're, we're good right now. Like things are yeah. progressing in the right direction. So that, that gave the, me. Yeah. yeah. There were the days where it wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? no, I, I can only imagine. So, yeah. so why don't we talk about, I, I don't even want to cause cancer. Well, we're going to talk about cancer, but there's so many different types I don't even want to pretend like I have a clue, right? I know what you've told me, but can you tell us a little bit about what that journey has been like over the last year and some change? Yeah, so uh, it was right around December 20th or something, something like that, right around Christmas is coming up. And uh, I came home from a shoot and my wife was like, look at Milo. He, he, he looks a little funny. Like something's weird. And he was sitting on the couch and he was just breathing like really deep, like having trouble breathing. So 
and everything else was fine. And it was just, you know, you're like, you're a parent. You're like, all right, my kid's doing something weird. Like probably we'll watch him for a little bit and then, you know, we'll take him to his pediatrician. So we brought him in. Um, I think it was a Friday is when I saw him. He was like that. We waited over the weekend, brought him in on a Monday. And that was the, yes, that was the 23rd of December. And pediatrician, you know, did all the things, listened to his lungs and all that stuff. And uh, told us we probably should go get an x-ray because maybe he's got pneumonia, hmm. like real deep pneumonia. And we went to the, like a city MD place, you know, one of those, they just, because it was nearby, like walked over there, got an x-ray and the technician just looked at us, at me. I was just me and Milo. He said, you're getting in an ambulance and going to an emergency room right now. Wow. And you're just like, you're like, uh, okay. Like, you're like, Christmas what? is two days away. What are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> wow. And I mean, at the moment, I'm looking at this x-ray and I'm obviously not a doctor, not a technician, none of that stuff. I'm a photographer, so I understand imaging. But, and I know that the lungs are supposed to be black. Yeah on an x-ray they're supposed to just be black clear nothing and his whole right side was just white the whole oh lung the whole lung so i knew something was up Damn it. um but i mean it could be pneumonia it could be anything you know you don't you don't know um so we ended up at the emergency room and we're at the hospital until the end of january early february we didn't leave for that whole time it was crazy yeah so and that you, was and like your wife, the beginning your, your wife was pregnant at this time right yes with your third yes. child yep oh, she was, so we were kind of just found that out we were i can't remember exact timing of things like if we already told people and are we in COVID? and we're in COVID at this point or this is last year yet. right last no, year okay. yeah, this is last year so 20, not COVID yet 2019 okay, so yeah right 2019. before we find out we're pregnant okay and then like so with the 23rd, we went in overnight. And then at some point, someone said, we're going to bring in the oncology team. And it didn't register with me at first. It registered with my mm. wife immediately mm. that they just said oncology, which is cancer. Cancer, right. And it didn't register with me at first. And I looked at her and I went, what, did they just, did they just say oncology? Like, what? Huh? <laughs> so then like two days later, like after Christmas, actually, was when we got the actual diagnosis. Um, and that was like the most intense feeling I think I've ever had in my life. Like a lot of screaming into pillows, you know, just like uncontrollable emotional responses and nuts is nuts. Um, and then just like my mom, actually, I'm a lot like my mom turns out. Um, I went into a go mode, like, all right, here's the situation. It's this. Okay. Like, and you just put on the blinders and you're like, all right, what's next? What do we got to do? How do, how do we keep this from getting worse? How do we fix it? What do we do? Like, you know, boom, boom, boom. What's next? What's next? How, how, um, how long between the sheer, you know, what the fuck and the scariness and the whole, you know, yeah. the emotional aspect of things to, all right, I got to focus. How, how long was that transition? I know you'd have to ask my wife, but it felt like, two days <laughs> that's fast hmm. yeah and then there was the then there are the moments you know you 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 tell somebody else that's close to you about it and you lose it yeah because right. you know and and uh 
So that lasted for a long time. It still happens sometimes. They happened recently. Uh, Milo, I'm, hopefully I can hold it together right now. But he, uh, he kind of looked at both of me and my wife and he said, um, um, I'm really lonely because I don't have any friends who have cancer. Oh, oh. yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like Wow. And so, you know what, though? There were amazing people at the hospital, these social workers, and they gave us names of some other kids who were his age with cancer, and we, oh, did, wow. we did Zoom play dates. Wow. How, how, did that, I mean, did, did you feel him get filled up again a little bit from that? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. He was like, you know, he's looking at this other kid with no hair, you know, looks the same as him. He's got a port, like they have a, he's got a port in his chest. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. this way they put the medications in and stuff. And, you know, some other kid with the same thing, you know, <sighs> a little five-year-old, you know, going through it. <laughs> that is brutal, man. So that's sort of the genesis of the whole thing. And then and then COVID hit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a double whammy. <laughs> it was crazy. So wait, let, then, I, I want to at that point. Oh, I'll, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, w- yeah. I want to ask you about your wife through all of this. Yes. Cause if, um, that's where I was going, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> what happened was, of course, COVID hits. Before that. We were like taking turns going to the hospital. I'd be there for like four days and then we would switch and she'd like stay there for a couple of days. She was obviously getting more and more pregnant. So it became more annoying for her to like sleep on a hospital, like bench basically. Um, So I started going more, but then COVID hit and she wasn't allowed to go because she was pregnant. Oh my God. So yeah, that was that for her. I think it was really tough to not be able to go and at the same time for her thinking like i had to go all the time Mm. like for every visit for every every single thing like we were going four times a week for a while like four days a week go to the hospital four days um yeah and then milo had some some good he had some good complications too he was the the nurses joked that he's like the the complication kid damn that's not a fun joke what the fuck is going on I would have I mean, punched a nurse in the face. At that point, at that point, though, it's it's it was further on and in, in everything, and you just you get this point where you're just like, need some laughter. You need some laughter, and it yeah. was it was ridiculous. Like he just got one thing after another. Some of them were really dangerous and serious, and some of them were just like, oh god, we have to deal with that. Like seriously, right. um, yeah. Like there's like, you know, uh, some steroids they have to go on, and they blow blow balloon up. We call it balloon face. Mm. I got pictures of him. It, it's like literally his head looks like a balloon oh uh, my God. and it goes away, but like didn't recognize my own kid. Oh, wild. it's wild, man. And so yeah. he, he was four at the time or. Yep. Yeah. So he and, had a birthday. And then you, and you've got a, a young, and he already had a younger sibling. Yep. Little brother. Yep. So. And then cool. your wife was, and then your wife was pregnant, right? Yeah. Man, that's a so how does so with his younger brother when this is all going down and then you guys are trying to juggle the hospital and the pregnancy, how how is that working out with his dealing he with the younger home. brother too? Yeah, he was home with, with mom and mm-hmm. he couldn't come to the hospital either. So it was a good like month and a half that didn't just didn't see his brother. He's little though. I mean he was he was one. Yeah. Mm, right. Um and, and but, what? Uh, yeah. And it's T uh, non Hodgkins T cell non Hodgkins yeah. T cell non Hodgkins. So 
I mean, that's the other thing too, to, I guess, in the grand scheme of pediatric cancer, if you're going to get cancer, you're going to, that's like the one you want to get because it's treatable. I mean, that's, you know, you, you, you it's crazy to have to hear right. yeah. crazy yeah. things, you know, yeah. right. Here's what I'm saying it, but if you're going to get cancer, you know, right. um, it's, it is, he, luckily it was, they caught it. We caught it early. Um, it was in what's, they don't, it's, it's a blood cancer. So they, they like talk about it differently and not like stages. It's more like levels. And he was like a level one. Um, but this mass that it formed, it's not a tumor. You can't like take it out. It's just, it's different. It's like a mass of cells, but not a hard tumor. They call them like the hard tumors, like the blasts and stuff where you can like take it out. Yeah. Um, this one, you just sh- shrink it basically. But um, it had crushed his entire lung and was pushing on his heart. That's why he was breathing like that. Oh my! It God. had collapsed his lung. Yeah. Damn. Just like <laughs> your brain just kind of like goes in the craziest directions, you know, especially as like you talk to other dads or other parents and they're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> No, like, like everything kind of gets put into perspective because I remember feeling this way after I learned that from you, like, you know, about what you just described. Like, I was like, and I'm reminded of this, I feel like every week when you hear something else about somebody going through some other stuff, it's like your problems are so minuscule in comparison to like what so many other people have to deal with. Right. And, and, and not only that, but like all the, all the different layers that you guys, you and your wife and your kids had to go through, right. You got it's wild. Pre-COVID, your wife's pregnant, you got a kid in the hospital and you got one at home, COVID hits, all this cancer shit's going down. Like how how much support? Then a, then a new baby. Yeah, and, and then you baby. and then your daughter. Yeah, and then we decided to buy a house. Right, of course, because that's what normal people do. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you do. They move in the middle of a pandemic when you and, rush into yeah, the hospital. And a new baby in the pandemic as right. well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but for you guys, that was uh almost like a sanity move among other things i'm sure right yeah yeah I mean, we had run out of room we, we already have been deciding we were going to move uh before everything happened um but it definitely put a fire under the whole thing like you know a safe place for milo to be you know outside during covid with a you know basically no immune system um, mm, right learned so many so much stuff that i never thought or ever wanted to know about but you know there's all these blood numbers and stuff, you know, like what's, what are the good numbers for platelets? What are the good numbers for hemoglobin? What's like, how do you determine what your immune system's doing? And like, what number is that? You know, and all these tech terms and stuff that is, is is the depletion of of the immune system due to the cancer or to the therapy, the therapy, the chemo. Yeah. And that's sort of the idea. They try to like, they, cause part of it is your immune system going into overdrive yeah right is what's happening and so like you basically just knock the immune system out so so, so right. he's, he's been doing chemo now for about a year yep just over just over yeah. and then the expectation is he's going to be doing it for another year or so right we've got another i think 18 or 19 months left got um it. daily chemo yeah daily yeah it's like a low it's basically like um they call this part maintenance and essentially he's as far as they're concerned the cancer is 
either you either can call it in remission or it's gone it's dead um but they just from all the studies and all the stuff they've done over over the years like his routine that he's on they say that you know another 19 months of this and then they can stop and it shouldn't come back right um so he's just on this low dose thing that basically keeps his immune system just on the edge of like Hmm. they kind of like balance him on this little edge little knife edge for a while so but like his hair's grown back he's like you know feels pretty good all most of the time every once in a while you know there's like a there are these different medications he goes on in cycles and every once in a while I hit a, a point where like he took this medication and then a little higher dose of that one because they kind of, they move a little and he'll like feel like dirt for a couple of days. Hmm. Yeah. Is he, is he homebound or is he in hospital? Oh, he's home. Yes. Okay. So, so how do you manage knowing that his immune system is, I mean, it's not a hundred percent. Yeah, and, we've been wearing and, masks before the before the uh, pandemic was a thing. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. And what about is there? Do you guys get nervous with the the younger kids? I mean, since I mean, because they're not probably in school at this point. I mean, that's a good thing. But I mean, just generally, kids bring home all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we you know what's happened, and anecdotally, it's been corroborated by pediatricians. Mm-hmm. Is that kids are not getting sick this year? Yeah. Because kids are home, kids are wearing masks. Even when they're out with their friends, they're wearing masks, like to the playground and stuff. Yeah. Like, like I haven't had a cold. No one's been sick for a year yeah. in this in our house. It's crazy. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's really wild. Actually, it's kind of weird. So you know, facetious. It's like this is kind of the perfect time to have to deal with that kind of stuff, know, right? Because right. the, the yeah. immune system doesn't need to worry too much. Yeah, we've got we got lucky, I think, with that in a weird way. Like all of a sudden, everybody around us is wearing masks, you know. Like, does he does he go outside, take them around anywhere? Or you just uh, you, you got to pretty much keep them close close to home. Um, we go to like the playground, and if there's too many kids, we don't we leave. Yeah, you know when yeah. it, he wears his mask all the time. You know, we've got a, a little neighbor next door, and mm-hmm. they uh, they'll play. And they just everybody masks up. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah, for a while it was really scary though. Like, so the way the numbers work, like you, me, normal people are, it's called the absolute neutrophil count, fancy stuff, okay. the ANC. Um, normal people, it's around 6,000. That's like the number. And for a while, his was zero, Whoa. literally zero. Um, and right now he's about, at 1600 so between 2000 and 6000 is like you're you're pretty okay you want to be at the six um and he's like at like you know between 12 and 1600 so he's got an immune system now it's just not very good yeah it's too strong yet what, what about his diet like what are you what have you had to change in order to try to offset some of the <laughs> negatives of his treatment oh man he I think we got lucky with him, to be honest. He's always sort of been really in tune with what his body needs in terms of nutrition, like in a weird way. Like, I mean, the fact that the fact that he was able to tell you, I feel lonely because I don't have friends. Yeah, with, he's, like, he's an interesting kid. That's, he's in tune. That's yeah. pretty profound. Like, I think most kids would have just been like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, like, or I'm bored. Or, yeah. Yeah. Right. right. 
Yeah, he was definitely a cool kid. We learned a lot from him over the year. Yeah. Um, but uh, certain drugs, he'll like crave things. Like he did this whole uh, in the way in the beginning. He was on dexamethasone, which you probably heard about because Trump was on it. <laughs> um, now that you said that, yes, I remember. But, um, and and he went even more crazy because he was on it. Right. Yeah. It does that. <laughs> oh um, shit! So he was on that stuff, and man, what a, that was when he went balloon. balloon oh wow! Based, that that drug, um, and no joke, this kid would house like full on giant bowls of pasta with this at the hospital. It was this like red sauce that had so much garlic in it. He started to like sweat. Garlic now. <laughs> But he would eat like these, you know, big plate, like three of them. He couldn't stop eating. It was like wow. uncontrollable. And then he'd wake up at like two in the morning and be like, I need a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like, we don't have a cheeseburger. And he'd have like a full meltdown. Oh, man. Like, oh. Out of control, like roid rage, steroid, like out of control. Um, yeah, we hate those drugs. Those are the worst drugs he's been on. Like, he still has to take them he- periodically? Certain it's a different one. This okay. one's called prednisone, but it's a steroid. Um, but he um he like does that one in pulses. It'll be like right after he has to get these uh lumbar punctures, so he gets like a needle in his back and they put chemo in there. Uh-huh. He's asleep for them, thank god. But um it's like an epidural, yeah. not as yeah, big, but basically, but yeah, it's like a lumbar puncture. They they put a, a, a hole there. God. So um um, but uh, after he does those, he then does like a week of the prednisone and turns into a total asshole for like <laughs> two weeks because it really changes his personality and he changes what he eats too. So the diet, it really is like you just try to give him like healthy stuff, whatever, whatever he'll eat. But he definitely goes through these phases. Like right now, it's about it's a two weeks after he'd been on the prednisone and all of a sudden it happens every time. He wants an egg sandwich for breakfast, which is consists of just two scrambled eggs, two pieces of toast with ketchup and mustard on it, because that's what he wants. But he'll eat that and then like a banana and a half and like a bowl of cereal. Huh. It's wow. five. Wow. Two, egg, two <laughs> eggs, two pieces of toast. That's breakfast. Yeah, all of that. And that's very specific, too. Yeah. Oh, and that's what I mean. It's like this. It's really weird. <laughs> So yeah, he goes through some weird phases. It, it makes his taste buds different. For a while, he wouldn't eat anything sweet. He didn't have a sweet tooth anyway, but he just like, it like re- repulsed him. Like sweet things were like, Ugh! he couldn't uh-huh. handle it. Yeah. These let drugs me, do weirdness to you, man. It's, let, me, let me ask you this. Um, yeah. So as adults, I think when we run into, you know, hardships or things that we have to overcome. Yeah. I think there's always um, like a, how am I going to get through this? Why is this happening to me? That kind of like, we start thinking about the situation and analyzing the situation, Mm -hmm. wondering if we can overcome the situation, kind of sweating the whole thing. As, as a kid, when he's faced with this, is he understanding kind of like the severity of it? Is he thinking to him? Did he express any kind of like, how am I going to get through this? Or is he just, or is he just in the mindset of like, 
this is what life is and i'm just roll I'm, and i'm rolling with it and like ignorance like, is bliss type yeah of thing. yeah or is he cognizant of like man this is fucked up what's happening to me right now i think there's a little bit of both i think the age thing has a, a bit to do with that yeah but we've definitely had the conversation that like you know this thing could this thing could kill you this thing you, was, wait you had what, what type of i don't know how you could damn yeah how, how did can you explain yeah, how, how that how happened that conversation i don't even know how it came up i think he asked me and i'm just oh we've always just been dead honest with with him and uh so we explained it to him and he's like how does it work so we did like you know the five-year-old explanation of how cancer works and he's like oh so like the cells don't talk to the other cells and then these ones decide to never stop and i was like yeah that's basically what happens and he has so he has this understanding about like what it how it works and stuff but i do think after a while he kind of just was like this is how it is this is what i gotta do you know because mm. i mean at the beginning you know just as an example of some of the stuff he had to go through he's got this little port it's under the skin and when he goes into the hospital, they take this big ass needle and they shove it through his chest into this oh. thing. And, you know, at the beginning I had to like hold him and he's screaming oh. and he's freaking out. And, you know, now we go in and he's like, here's my port, you know, and they like stick the needle in and he's oh. like, eh. you know what I mean? So like he, he's come to some level, some terms, terms about, like, how this thing is. He asks every once in a while if it's ever going to be gone and, you know, things like that but you know it, it i feel it's the part where you're like this, you shouldn't have to think about this when you're five years old yeah you know, like so unfair <laughs> so unfair for all the kids that that go through this at this age it's just because they're right at that edge of like really starting to understand like yeah. you know when a bird smashes into the window and dies like you know they have this right start to get this sort of understanding of what that means like grandma's gonna die eventually or like you know like they start to talk about it a little some kids are totally oblivious at this age and yeah. some are like really starting to grasp it but having to like force it basically mm -hmm. is, yeah. is weird and i'd imagine that the balance of emotionally dealing with him and then having to deal with your other children must be tough as well like yeah and the way it's all worked out, it's just the part that's kind of kind of sucked, but was also great. Is like I was running my own business, so I did have the flexibility to just be like, "I'm going to the hospital for four days." Like, yeah. whatever. Hey, client, guess what? My kid has cancer. <laughs> yeah. like, right. Sorry, your yeah. your shit can wait. Like nothing else it, matters in this moment. Really world, matters. you know. My, my, my four year old, I gotta go deal with this. Yeah, because there was a while, there was a good chunk of time there where it was like. If he got a, if his temperature went to 101, we went to the emergency room, mm. and it happened a lot. It happened a lot. Yeah, um, just the body freaking freaks out. Like you know, you give it a bunch of these weird drugs, and it, the body, the response of a body is to fight it, which means a fever. Right. Um, but you don't know if it's him just reacting to the medicine, so it's nothing, or because his A and C zero, he could have a massive infection, and could be like in grave danger so you don't right. know so you race into the emergency room and you sit there for five hours and they take his blood and they, you know all that stuff so how, how do you and your wife 
deal with, especially with the the newborn, like that kind of conflicting emotion of being stressed and scared and concerned about what's going on with your son, but then the joy, you know, trying to enjoy the new life that you've just brought in. Yeah. Like that. Damn, I gotta Kate, imagine that's a, there's that's like a, good a guilt one. feeling trying to yeah, figure like out it's how a to tough balance. Yeah. It w- it's I give, I don't, I don't even know how to like describe it, but yeah. like, a lot of it went unspoken, just sort of trying to trying to keep that balance. But I think I got really lucky. My wife's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> how, how did you How did you keep but, it together? Because I I know your wife. You you guys were kind of probably trading places as far as who was supporting who. But there had to be many a time where you guys were just both like, "I can't. This is this blow is just too severe." Where did you go? How did you figure out how to like stay the course and be there for Curled you? up in the corner for like five minutes and just let it all our eyes out to each other. And then we're like, okay, let's do this. Wow. No joke. There was one, there was one day at the hospital. We were both still there. She was still pregnant. Um, I think either my mom or her mom was visiting at the time. So it was before COVID because her mom had to come from California. So she must, they must have had Colin and Milo was going through some really severe um, complications with one of the medications. Um, it's called this medicine. It's going to sound like something out of a sci-fi movie, but it's called methotrexate. And uh, <laughs> it does. It's a nasty, nasty drug. And um, certain people can get uh, like uh, toxicity in their, in their body from it. And it manifests like you're having a stroke oh shit we thought our kid was having a stroke um and they did some imaging on his head they came back they told him us he had a stroke um and then they walked that back said he didn't have a stroke he had this methotrexate toxicity thing and that was a, a point where i i'd never seen anything like it obviously but my my son was like completely some other person mm. and so out of control. I've never, it was, you could see it in his eyes. Like he was literally out of his mind. Like he was possessed. And, like possessed and screaming and losing his mind. And I had, I was holding him. I might break down right now. Cause this was so insane. Um, and just looking at, down at your kid and it's just like not your kid and he's screaming and kicking and like biting and out of his mind and I had to bring him into an MRI and like hold him down on a table while they put him under Damn. and his little eyes roll back in the back of his oh, head and then out and you're just like and the two of us literally just like crumpled on the floor in a corner and like lost it for like 10 minutes and then this amazing people, there's this whole group of people at the hospital called Child Life. And they're like incredible. They're all about like making sure the kid is comfortable and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And um, and uh, they came over and just like put a hand on my shoulder and Kayla and just like brought us back to reality. But that, that one, those, those kinds of moments where you just like are totally vulnerable and completely 
just emotion just like explodes out of you. And I think got I'm lucky that I can do that with with her. And I think there are there are a few times like that where it's just like you just gotta let it out and then you know regroup and be like, okay, here we go. Let's go, team. You know? So. Do, do you ever go did you ever go through a, a time period where you doubted the the doctors? Because you know parents i mean i I, for myself like you're always hearing all these different things the internet you know all this crazy stuff so they're going to tell you this is what we're going to do and this is the type of medication and then you see the effects of the medication did you ever go through a period where you doubted what you were being told by the doctors um i don't think i doubted it there were a few times you know what there's there's an example of of one time that i 100 doubted it and i actually at the end of the day, I ended up doing a um, uh, submitting like a formal complaint to the hospital about it, mm. actually. Um, so when he first went in, um, they usually with this age kid, they do what's called a pick line, which is just a peripheral IV that stays in. And they were going to put one in his arm. They couldn't put it in his chest yet. They couldn't put a port in because of the the mass was so big mm. so they needed to put it in somewhere peripherally so they put it in his arm and it didn't work they couldn't get it in so then they put one in his leg then like the femoral artery down in his leg and um they started putting chemo into him one day and he just started screaming like and grabbing it down there so these peripheral lines I'm like talking to you guys, like, you know what I'm talking about, right, right. <laughs> but it, essentially it's like a IV in your arm and it goes like sometimes in your arm, sometimes in your leg, his, he has his port that's in his chest and the line itself goes, if it's in your leg, goes all the way through an artery and terminates in your heart. So the medications, when they get administered, go in right into your heart mm-hmm. and into like a chamber of your heart so that it, it's not concentrated. It goes right into your bloodstream and gets like, you know, dissipates quickly, gets dispersed. So like they tried his arm, didn't work. They tried his leg. And then he's screaming and then he's, and he's complaining that it hurts in his crotch. So we've got a tube that goes from here to his heart. So why would it hurt in his right. crotch? So I said, it's just plumbing. There must be a hole in it. And they were like, that doesn't happen there is not a hole in it. And I was like, no, there's a hole in it. Stop right now. And this this is when we decided that like being like Papa bear, mama bear was like, we're not fucking around. Right. Like these people are going to, this is my child. I don't care if you're a fucking doctor. Right. (laughs) Like you're going to, you're going to ultrasound him right now on his, in that area and see what's going on. And then eventually they, they said, okay, we're going to stop. They stopped. Uh, and then at that point, I think the thing had gone down enough. So they were going to, they were going to put in his, his, uh, Port. and that's when they <laughs> switched to his arm. It was the other way around. Anyway, point being, they took it out and there was a hole in it. They were pumping chemo into his crotch. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that was the moment where I doubt, doubted some people it wasn't our doctors like it wasn't about the medicine it wasn't about this it was just about like the technical the tech aspects of what was going on um that happened a couple times we had this other like anesthesiologist who uh 
intubated him during an MRI. So they shoved a, you know, a, a breathing tube down his throat for no reason. Mm-hmm. And he had a port and they put an IV in his arm, which like freaked him out because he was still awake. Um, Come on, so guys. A couple of things like that, you know, where you're like, and then we, it turns out we found out that that particular person like was old school and like whatever. Damn. She had been talked to before. Oh, so anyway, in, in terms of like those kinds of things, but like in terms of like the overall, you know, big picture stuff, I don't think we ever really questioned them on, on that stuff. There was, there's a couple of moments he, um, there's this other medication that can sometimes give people blood clots and it gave him a blood clot in his brain. Um, so um, they wanted to say about the complications. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's like another one, another one, another right. one. But um, he, uh, that particular drug, I guess, was pretty important, but um, and they really wanted to keep giving it to him. But they're like, guys, kid got a blood clot in his brain. Like yeah. he's got back pressure on his eyeballs. He's going to like, oh boy. There he goes. I don't know if you guys can hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fun. I think his brother just got, did something. So he got upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh we love these steroids they make him crazy so it sounds like you really got to be like if if you're a parent in these kind of situations like you can't be afraid to speak up and and like go with your gut on things and and try to get as much info as possible to yeah i mean you gotta trust to control the situation as much as you can i guess yeah i mean you gotta trust the doctors that they know what they're talking about but at the same time you gotta know your kid you know, you yeah. do know your kid. You know your kid better than anybody else knows your kid, and how they're how they react to things and stuff like that. Why is this thing keep going? Sorry. It's all good. Good. Mm, so yeah. things things are pretty. I call it m- more normal now for you guys on the home front. You, your routine is pretty established. You guys yeah. see a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, yeah. you you got your ebbs and flows with the medication, but all in all, you you would would you say? You guys are out of the the worst of it. I mean, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 become super normal, you know? Like I know that uh end of this month, the last Tuesday of the month, probably the twenty third, I think is the last Tuesday of the month, we're gonna be going to the clinic. He'll get his lumbar puncture, you know, he'll sleep it off. He'll be annoyed that he can't eat because they have to, you know, you have to do that kind of stuff. No, no food and all that. Mm. He does not like, but, um, (laughs) you know, and then he'll, we'll come home and he'll go on his prednisone for a week and do all that stuff. Mm. Um, So yeah, he'll, uh, Are, are, are you back working kind of a normal schedule now? Sort of. Yeah, I actually, uh, since we've chatted, I uh, I actually took on a, a full-time job. Whoa. On top of my stuff. It's doing the same things. Okay. Um, but uh, an old friend from the back in agency days when I was back at the agency uh, approached me and said, how are you doing with COVID and everything? I was like, hey, you know, business kind of tanked a little bit, and but now it's coming back. And he's like, do you want to come work for me? I was like... What's it look like? You know, it's like a Fortune 500 company, like you know, benefits and all that stuff. And I was like, oh. you know what? That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, about the right time for that. Yeah, about the nicest, nice time. Yeah. So you know, it, it's a it's a nice position to be in. Like now, I have 
before there was also the stress of running my own business and like, you know, I'm the only one that works in our family right now. So that was another little stress on everything was like being able to keep, you know, paying the bills and everything with all this going on. Um, so it'll be, it'll be nice. Um, and it's a full remote thing. So nice. I'm, you know, I'm working out of my backyard and my studio in Brooklyn still. And, and um, it's pretty cool. It's for a big wine company. So there's part because it is a big giant company. There's like a wine stipend. I was going to say, go. that's, that's really clutch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I went for wine. Like I could just go buy wine. There you go. Something tells, something tells me you could use that every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so let me, let so me ask a, you a bit of a change. Let me ask you this, Tim, um, given that you've been through this experience uh, and you know, it's not over, but you know, you, you guys have weathered part of this storm so far. What would you tell parents that, might be going through something similar right now like wh- mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you give them and what to focus on right now oh what would i do what would i do i just actually had somebody reach out and sort of ask me that a friend of theirs um their child just got diagnosed with with cancer and like um i think one of the things we did that really helped was we actually did a um a journal, one of those like caring bridge journals, the thing I sent you that you guys yeah. sort of read through. Um, and that sort of like getting it down on paper and writing it out, that catharsis of just like, you know, taking it in, digesting it, getting it out. Really you know, okay, I thought about it. I, I breathed it out of me. I breathed, you know, I took that breath and, and got it got it over there. Um, that really helped. Um, what I thought was going to help and it didn't actually ever happen was like talking to other people mm. um, who have kids with cancer. Um, I think it might've just been because of COVID, honestly, like, cause you go to the clinic and there's like all these other people there with their kids, you know, and you kind of met them, but not really. Cause they're like, you're all distance. Y'all had to stay in your little zone and there was no waiting in the waiting room. Um, so you didn't really get to like meet the other kids you know, or the other parents. Um, I think it would have been different if it had been like uh, not non-COVID times. Because, um, you know, talking to somebody else who's going through, it, even if it's a different kind of cancer, at least going through like a similar situation is is always kind of, is a thing. I had one friend who was, who we, we got to do that with a little bit. That kid went through the ringer though. He had like hard tumors all over his body. He had to do this radiation and stuff, just... Yeah. Yikes. So, so yeah, I think, I, I think, you know, that, that catharsis, whatever it is for you, like, let it, like writing it down or whatever, or if, if you're more of a people person, you got to talk to people, you know, get out there and, and, you know, just, or just cry with someone else who's dealing with it. I, I, I think the, the summary is like, you got to let it out somehow. Right. Cause, yeah. and I think that's the big failure that we guys tend to lean toward, which is like, oh, I'm, I'm too, too big of a man, like a bottle it up, or you really don't look for somebody else to even just have a conversation with. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's it's journaling is something that is, is all the rage now, right? Like everybody's talking about journaling. I still haven't brought myself to doing it, but I reading through the caring bridge that you sent, like, the way you jotted everything down. I'm like, I'm, I'm reading through these and I'm like, how did he even 
have like I would have been upset, right? To try to even sit and write, but for you, you got into a zone where this became therapeutic. It seems. Yeah. For a while, we did it every day, literally every day. Um, and we'll and we'll put the the link to the Caring Bridge uh, in the show notes in case anybody wants to check that out. And if you want yeah, to donate, yeah. you can also do that there too. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was um, it became also for for me like the like whole like I was talking about back in the beginning about like how I'm like my mom like you get into this like the go mode like yeah okay we got to get it done and I think it was also really helpful for me I would look back to remember like okay what was this medication and what was happening and why and like because I'm that's a little bit that's sort of like a little me a little bit more like me you know I wanted to know like what's happening right um and now i read back on it and i'm like oh my god i wrote that <laughs> it was like two it's, in the morning it's, I'm like, it's really good like you, it was very thoughtful like i really i mean I, I even hate to say like i enjoyed reading it, it was well written that's what i enjoyed oh, about it the experiences you chronicled were not fun but it's oh. I mean, it, it's it, like I said, man, it's it's really big of you and parents that are dealing with this stuff to be able to do stuff like this. Because for us, you know, that haven't had to go through that kind of stuff, like it's it's really good awareness. Right. So that we sure. God forbid we ever have to deal with that. At least we we can sort of understand a little bit. But more than anything, yeah, just think, be empathetic. I think, too, it was for the people in your life. Like they don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't know how to help. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. Um, and I think the journaling, the caring bridge thing was really helpful to a lot of people because they just, they didn't have to like, they didn't have to ask. Yeah. They didn't have to like get in, like be uncomfortable about asking us about it. Cause at first, I mean, what do you say to somebody? Yeah, right? I, like, no fucking clue. You know, how are you? Like, don't ask me how yeah. I am. I'm terrible. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> right. You know? right. Um, but you know, the people, that's what people started doing. They just, they just would follow along with that. And then every once in a while would, you know, leave a comment there or something or send a quick text to be like, holy shit. Well, that's crazy. What just happened to Right. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah. Tim, man, I, I, I thank you. So all yeah. I can say, man, thank you for sharing with us and, and sure. helping our audience understand a little bit about your plight and what your family has been going through. It's, um, it's a it's a journey, man. It's a journey for sure. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, I'll, de- I'll de- definitely appreciate you sharing that because I mean, it's yeah. that, you know that's a lot of personal stuff close to home brings up emotion and um and and you know, but it's important for people to know about it. Definitely. Yeah, my my pleasure. So, Tim Ireland, ladies and gentlemen. At Ireland Studios on Instagram, IrelandStudios.com is the website. I'm telling you, check out the photo work. It's really dope. Not because he worked with us, but <laughs> because he's dope. Uh, uh, back, holler man. at him if you need if you need some wine. Yeah, if you need some wine. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the plug. <laughs> the basement has so much wine in it right now that I can't drink. <laughs> well, I'm not allowed to drink it. Well, I'll stop by. I'll help you out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim. Thank you, man. Thank Get back you, to your family. It's a pleasure. You, thank you guys so much. All right. Bye-bye. Right, Later. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to a child.